Hey, have you been thinking about starting a podcast? And have you done your research? And they've told you that you need to buy certain equipment? Well, if you want to start off a podcast the cheapest way, I'll tell you to download Anchor. You can create your own cover art, you can record episodes, you can edit your episodes, and you don't even have to worry about distributing your episodes. Anchor will do it all for you. They'll send it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. So I encourage you to download the Anchor app if you're interested in creating your own podcast. Hey, so welcome to the Mental Block with Shelby. Um, today I'm just going to be talking about um, how it is being a new mom. And um, I'm just going to break it down into what were my thoughts before being pregnant? Um, what were my thoughts during being pregnant? And what I think now? Um, so a lot of people have asked me, how is it being a new mom? And people who know me are very sarcastic when they ask this question. And that is because before having my son, I would tell everybody that I don't want no damn kids. (laughs) And I wholeheartedly meant that. And like, my family's like, oh, don't tell your son that. But if he ever asks, I'm gonna let him know. No, I didn't want no damn kids. Um kids kid whatever I had dogs those were my babies I was fine with them sorry you guys if you hear any barking my dogs are around just to let y'all know but um so yeah I didn't really want kids um mainly because when I was 16 I was told that I was going to struggle having children that's one thing um my sister was a teen parent and she worked and went to school and I saw like how hard she worked and the sacrifices she made to ensure that her and her children had a decent life or or lived a decent or comfortable lifestyle. Um, and when my sister was a teenager, she had my nephew. Um, so I was 12. She was her age. And um, I just remember, like, by the time I hit 16, I was walking around with, like, this four-year-old and um I couldn't go nowhere I really couldn't go nowhere um without having him with me because my sister worked and she was in school so um that was one thing and I love my nephew to death I love that little boy well he almost a grown man now um but it was that I mean, and I saw, like, the dedication and just how, how hard it was. Um, raising him uh, for my sister and how she struggled financially. And a lot of people who have children will tell you, like, it's expensive as hell. So, yeah, like, I've seen that. Um, and then when she gave birth to my niece, the same thing. And, you know, just watching that and seeing, like, how strong she had to be because... Um, you know, one, being young, and then two, um, the financial support, like, or her financially trying to support herself without trying to ask for a lot of help, that, it, it, um, it didn't kill her, it made her stronger, but it was hard, and it was hard seeing her go through that, uh, so, yeah, that was it for me, um, when it came to why I really wholeheartedly didn't believe, um, I wanted children, it's because I seen how hard it was. Um, I was told that it was going to be, I was going to struggle to have kids. Um, 
And then on top of that, like, I had started getting myself into a place mentally where I was learning to set boundaries and become more selfish with my time. Um, so I just felt like with a kid involved that I would struggle and I would not be able to be selfish or, or, um, yeah, just be selfish and focus on myself. Um, so that was that. And so let's fast forward to me getting pregnant now. So that was my, that's why I didn't really want no kids. So people who knew me knew that like, bitch, I ain't had no kids. I don't want that one. Um, then me getting pregnant or finding out I was pregnant was a fucking shock. And, uh, and only reason why I thought to take a pregnancy test was because every year around the time that I got pregnant, so this is prior to, um, I shouldn't say every year. So background people, sorry. Um, I was on birth control from when I was 16 all the way up to about 26. And I just felt like that was way too long to be on birth control or whatever. So um, I was with my fiance. Me and him had been together at that point for six years, I believe. And um, so, yeah, so I had I've been off birth control. I want to say probably about two or three years. I cannot remember. Um, so basically every time ever since i've been off birth control every every time around the time i got pregnant um for those months my period wouldn't come so it was normal and not that my doctor routinely would make me do a, a take a pregnancy test it would be negative and then i would have to go in and do a blood test it would still be negative you know it things like that um but this time around i took a pregnancy test this shit said it was positive and I was like, oh, this shit is fake, you know. Um, at first, I panicked because I didn't check it. I had my fiance check to see if it was a line or if it was a plus sign. Um, the plus sign at first was very faint. So I'm going to wake up in the morning and they said that's the best time to take one to know if you're pregnant or not. So I took another one that shit said it was a plus. At that point, I started freaking out like, oh, shit, my life is fucking over, blah, blah, blah. But then I was online. You know, Google will tell you some shit. Google will tell you you're dead. So, um... I was Googling it and it was like, oh, it could be a false positive. So I'm like, this shit is a false positive. Like, this is not real. Like, I'm over here. So I was just sitting there waiting. Like, okay, next month, I know my period going to come anyway. Um, But if you know me, um, my anxiety wouldn't let me wait till next month. Um, So I, I remember calling my grandma, telling her, like, listen, I took a pregnancy test and it said it was positive, but I think it wasn't positive. So then my grandma's like, congratulations to my family. Um, listen, as a teenager, don't be a teen and get pregnant. As a grown-ass person who's been dating somebody that they like and I've been with this person for a while, why y'all ain't having no kids and why y'all ain't married was the questions I was getting. So it was like, congratulations. I'm like, mm, well, you know what? It could still be a false positive. So I call my best friend, tell her. I'm like, yo, I think this shit is a false positive or whatever. And she's telling me like, that can't be true. You can't have false positives. I'm like, bitch today we got one um so yeah and then for me like it was a lot happening I was like I said I was I was in my last year of grad school uh um I had just transferred I was newly into my my job that I'm currently at I think I would have been there only probably for like two or three months at the time um I had another part-time job 
um, where I worked um, at a boarding school. So I was like a dorm parent. So some weekends I wasn't home, like, or some nights I wouldn't be home. Um, and then also I was getting ready to start my internship. So it was just a lot of changes happening. And that was just something else, um, which I was like, this shit is not true or not real. Um, so, you know, I'm in work or whatever. I'm fine. And then like, I just keep thinking like, I can't be pregnant, can't be pregnant. I take another pregnancy test. Like when I get home or probably the next day is still positive. Um, then like I freak out and I make my fiance buy me one. And like, this is like one of the digital shits. I'm like, and it still tells me that it's positive. But in my mind, I'm like, this shit is fake. Like, this is not real. Um, so I, um, I make a doctor's appointment, but then I end up having to cancel it because some shit happened. I end up going to Florida for like a vacation. I come back. I go to the doctor's office. Um, so at this time, I have to be around like almost, I think, two months pregnant, somewhere like that. Um, and then the doctor walks in and they, they're talking about like, oh, well, here's this packet with all this stuff in there. And I'm like, wait, y'all didn't tell me if the test was positive or negative. So they was like, um, no, you're pregnant. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just sitting here flabbergasted. Like these bitches is lying. Um, but yeah, so throughout my pregnancy, um, out the beginning, I was a little tired, but for the most part, it wasn't too bad. Um, it didn't get bad until like, um, I want to say, uh january february around there it didn't get bad and when i mean bad it's like where i started like having the insomnia and all of that and started kind of showing the shit so yeah um and plus for me my days went like i would wake up around six thirty-seven. i had to be to work for eight um then i would work to four i would leave work i would go to my internship at four thirty. i wouldn't leave there to damn near midnight and then I will wake up and do it all over again. So once January, February around there started to hit, I started getting insomnia. And so I basically I would get home around like midnight or one and I wouldn't be able to sleep. And then by the time I would go to sleep, it would be time for me to get up to go to work. Um, so that's when I really started struggling. And then also, um, as you guys know, I have ADHD. So I, I was taking Vyvanse. And mind you, while you're pregnant and you take Vyvanse, they don't really recommend it because it's like a class C drug being so that they don't know if it affects the baby or not. But I had decided to stay on my Vyvanse um, for long for some portion of my pregnancy because I know that I was in school. I was working and I was doing an internship. And honestly, that was just a lot. It was it was a lot. So my Vyvanse allowed me to stay focused long enough to to get through that. Um, and then, like I said, and then also around January, that's also probably why January is hard. I took myself off of my Vyvanse. So that was another thing. So I started getting irritated more as well. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't that bad. And then also I, I, in March, I was planning for my baby shower. So my baby shower was supposed to be March 22nd. Um, the world shut down, at least the United States shut down March 17th around there, I believe. Um, and so when the president said, said that, well, what, it'll be gone in two weeks. Like I wholeheartedly believe two weeks, but that shit didn't happen. So I ended up having to cancel my baby shower. 
Um, and that was one thing I was really looking forward to was having a baby shower. I was looking forward to taking pictures. Um, cause at that point I had just really embraced, um, this kid come in, like my son get here. And then also like when I had did my reveal, like to let my family members know that I was pregnant in November, like around Thanksgiving, it was just great. And, um, my family took well to it. My fiance's family had took well to it. Like at that point, um, it had solidified everything and, even though I wasn't really prepared on a financial level, mentally I was prepared um, and knew that my life would change forever. But also I knew it was changing for the better because my son wouldn't um, wouldn't face some of the things that I had to face growing up. Um, and, I, and I knew that because I knew that I would ensure that he wouldn't have to. Um, so it was just great. Also, my family hadn't had a baby in 10 years because my niece at the time was 10. So um, they was ready for a kid. So it was just great. Um, but when the world shut down, like it just turned to shit because I was just waiting, 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 waiting for everything to open back up. And as you guys have seen, that didn't happen right away. I ended up giving birth during all of this shit. And, and uh, But yeah, so it was just a lot in March. Um, and then also... I was finding out that I may have to give birth um, by myself because of Corona in um, April. So that was very scary for me. Um, it was scary and it was stressful because being pregnant um, and being able to carry a life is wonderful. But I knew being a black woman um, in America that being pregnant could also be a death sentence for me. That, like, I could be going to the hospital and not coming back out. <clears throat> Mind you guys, I've had surgery and didn't worry as much as I worried about that. So, it was a lot. And having been told that I may have to go into that room by myself was scary as hell. Because at that point, like, what happened if they didn't listen to me? You know? Um, and then... Towards the end of my pregnancy, so my son was born May 16th. My birthday is May 11th. Um, the week before my birthday, uh, I found out that I would, that when I did give birth, I wouldn't have to be in the room by myself, which was a relief. Um, on my birthday, I ended up going into the hospital because I was having like really bad, like I guess they call it Braxton Hicks contractions or whatever the hell it is. So I was having those, um, but no, he wasn't ready, but I was like two centimeters dilated at that time. Um, the day before he was born, so May 15th, I went to the hospital, um, and, and I got sent back home, but I got sent back home with some Ambien because basically they told me my son would be there within 24 hours and that I needed to just rest. Um... So I took one Ambien when I first got home. That knocked me out. And then throughout the day, I started to feel a little bit better. And then I told my fiance um, that I'm going to take this Ambien. Um, and if I wake up, then we know I'm in labor. So lo and behold, 4 o'clock in the morning, I wake up. Um, and basically, I was in labor. I waited before going to the doctor because I didn't want them bitches to send me home no more. I get to the doctor and they're telling me that, so I get there around seven o'clock. So you have to be triaged in, you know, they have to check my temperature, everything. And 
before I could even get upstairs, now I'm thinking about it, the um, security guard called them and told them that I was in labor because he had seen me the day before. He had seen me that Monday. I had one in for my birthday. So he was like, she's in labor. And so they rushed me up the stairs through the back of the uh, St. Francis Hospital. And then they, and then one of the nurses, so how did you get up here? And how did they get you up here? And you're not even in labor. You know, they were giving me some shit. Not even gonna lie. Um, then I get into triage. And they're telling me that, like, I'm not having contractions. And that they don't know what, like, why, you know, basically, like, like I was only at that time 2.5 centimeters and to stay at the hospital granted without COVID they would have let me stay if I was at three um but because of COVID they want you to be I think okay maybe I'm lying to you guys I think for COVID I had to be at like four or three I can't remember something like that it was something with the numbers sorry I really don't recall all of that I was in pain people um come to find out like they told me I'm not feeling that like I bust out crying like and mind you I am an emotional person but that's more so inwardly like a lot of people don't see that side of me I bust out crying because you're telling me that it's not my contractions and last time I went to the hospital with that kind of almost pain similar as that but not to that like excruciating point was when I went to the hospital to find out that like my gallbladder had to be removed so at this point, I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, my appendix, something popped. Like, you know, um, come to find out the lady had the thing in the wrong spot. I, in fact, was having contractions. Um, they let me stay there for an hour. And within an hour's time, I guess I had dilated enough to be kept. Before I get into my room, the labor or delivery room, I have to do a, a COVID test. Mind you, mind you, I am having fucking contractions <laughs> um it was hard to sit still for that i'm not gonna lie to y'all um i get into the labor delivery room and i'm getting shit from like one of these he's not a doctor i don't know who he was but like oh you have to wear your mask you have to keep your mask on for our safety and for your safety like people i understand about the mask but also i was in pain at that point so it was like fuck you and fuck the mask um and I get up to like five centimeters because at first I'm like, I'm just going to deliver naturally. Then I was like, yo, that pain started getting excruciating. And I hit five centimeters. I was like, oh, could I have the epidural at this point? <laughs> <laughs> so I get the epidural. Um, uh, and then lo and behold, my son gets here. And when I tell you at that point, everything I knew was going to change. So, yes, that's my story when it comes to the from being pregnant to delivering um so yes my family is happy I mean you got some people in my family that was acting a little crazy but for the most part the people that I deal with in my family were happy my fiance's family the people he deal with were happy we were happy he was healthy um and more so than me I was happy that I got out of there alive I'm not even gonna lie to y'all um and being in the hospital, I guess I had got like a little bit sick. So usually what they were doing, well, what they were doing is if you had had a baby um, and you seemed to be okay, they were letting you out the next day. So you only spent one night in the hospital and you got to leave. But because I was a little bit sick as far as my, my blood pressure and things like that, they made me stay two nights, which kind of fucking sucked being in that room. Um, but you know what? We left that hospital with no covid my son was healthy, I was healthy, and when I got home, I fucking cried, I'm not even gonna lie to you guys, I cried, um, 
then two weeks after my son is here um George Floyd happens and that solidified everything for me as to what it is or how we are still looked at in this world as black people so um that happened it really it really woke me up a lot um it made me realize that like whatever fears I have um I have to push past them not not because you know like oh you have to be strong but because I have my son who is looking up to me and I have to let him know like don't ever back down from something it even if even if you're scared of it don't back down like I have to be that example I have to show him that and you know, and I owe that to him because there are times that I have backed down when I know I should have kept pushing. Um, so it just solidified that. So having a kid didn't, I'm, at least I'm learning that it didn't take for me. Um, it's not easy, but having my son has taught me a lot. Um, so this is where I am today in this still learning curve. I guess, and it'll always be like this. I don't care if this was my 10th child. I feel like every parent's going to have a learning curve because every kid has their own um, their own personality. So my son is very, he tries to be very independent. <laughs> and um, I see a lot of myself in him. I see a lot of his dad in him. And I see the better of our qualities in him. Now, granted, he is not talking and he's trying to walk a little bit. He's not talking yet um he hasn't really been influenced by the outside world just yet so we'll be able to see what of what um terrible traits of ours that he has but we haven't gotten here yet the boy is only six months um so for today where i am now is um in this learning curve that actually being a parent is hard but is it is rewarding um and for me sometimes um it's triggering a little bit because, um, as you guys know, like, like I said, pr plenty of times, like, um, my mom is bipolar. My mom, um, had a drug problem and I was adopted by my grandma. So I grew up really with my grandma, but for a portion of my life, I was in and out of foster homes. So, um, for me, I don't have baby pictures, so I don't know what I look like as a baby. Um, I don't remember basically like you know how people have stories of, oh when you were a baby this I don't my family um they don't really share those stories with me and I'm pretty sure there's a reason why um they don't share them I know that like as a child oh, I was abused in a foster home like I don't remember it but I've been told and I've seen it from like my records so having my son has been rewarding but has also been kind of triggering because I don't have a baby's book. Um, I don't, my family doesn't share stories about me when I was little and what I used to do and that and the third. Like, I just don't, I don't have that and I can't share that with my son. Um, so for me, sometimes it's very triggering. Also, like, granted, my grandmother was a great role model um, and she did a great job with us. It's still, um, I still sometimes fear that I won't be a good mom. I still have that fear. Um, I mean, so is, is that. So, like, sometimes it is triggering. But for the most part, um, it is enjoying 
to see him smile with his gums. I mean, the child's getting some teeth, though. Um, and it is hard because there are times I'm tired as hell. Um, I leave work and come home and have to do work. And that's dealing with my son. And, um, like, outside of my house, I'm a very fun, outgoing person. And I use my house as a place to relax and unwind. And um, with my son, it is not a relaxing and unwinding um, environment. <laughs> So, yes, so when I leave work at 4 o'clock, I drive down to Hartford, which is about a good 30-minute drive from where I work at. I have to pick my son up from my grandparents. And usually if I'm going to my grandparents' house, like, I'm there for, like, a good two to three hours. So by the time I get back home, it's probably, like, 6, 7.30. I got to feed him. I got to wash bottles, give him a bath, pack his bag for the next day, um, pick out my clothes, and... So it, it, it becomes a lot. Uh, sometimes it's stressful. Um, or the nights that he wake, well, he's not doing it so much now, but nights that he will wake up at like four or five in the morning um, crying, it would be hard. Or his dad would get home at like 11 and trying to hand stuff off to his dad to do. And I know like he just came from work. So it, it, it's still challenging. Um, like my son, like I said, he's teething right now. His teeth are trying to come in. So there are times that he just cries and screams and I don't know what to do. Like, and I try not to get frustrated because if he, I, I really do believe if he could speak to me, he would tell me what's wrong. Um, the fact that my house is never clean and not that it's shitty or dirty. Like, and what I mean as never clean is that nothing is ever where it's supposed to be. Um, the fact that, like, I wash clothes and don't get to fold my clothes and put them up anymore um, irritates me. <laughs> um, like, I don't like to leave dishes in the sink overnight. I think that is so nasty. And the only reason for that is the way I was brought up. Like, my grandparents, oh, God, don't leave dishes in the sink overnight. Like, <sighs> but, yeah. Um, but I've turned into that person that will leave their damn dishes in the sink for two days now. Um, so it's a lot. Uh, sometimes I, uh, on the weekends, uh, if his dad has to work, I get up, I take care of him. I'm talking about my son, not his dad. I take care of him. And, um, sometimes I forget to eat <laughs> more than that. I forget to eat, um, washing his clothes. Like, I don't know why the hell they make baby clothes all white. Okay. This milk be staining every goddamn thing. Don't let him throw up. Don't give him nothing red. Like, oh, it's so irritating. Um, so some stuff I have to soak in that. And then also I have two dogs. So, yes. Um, but in the long run, all of it is meaningful in, in that. But it has it's not been easy. There are sometimes I could just take my son and shake the shit out of him. Not that I will ever do that. But sometimes it's frustrating. Like, he screams, he cries. And I don't know what's wrong with him. Like, like this past week, I was sick. I was not feeling well. Um... He was sick. He wasn't feeling well. And the thing is to try to muster up the strength not to take care of yourself, but also to have to take care of someone else. That is hard. I mean, his dad was is do, does the best that he can. Um, but my fiance just started back school. He works 40 hours a week. And half the time he's trying to work overtime during those weeks so that we can make ends meet because um, having him is not cheap. Formula does cost. Granted, because I am low income and not married, I'm able to get WIC, but, like, 
they don't pay for like the little bottles that you can keep that's already made or whatever um and my son by him being sick like as far as like he has like acid reflux for babies um he has to take medicine uh he has to have a special formula um right now he's eating like smush foods or smash whatever the hell it is foods and it's like the energy into trying to feed him and the mess that he makes like i know that he has to eat but damn it it is messy and it's also that's a pet peeve of mine like clean that shit from around your face but he's a baby and i get it but i don't like cleaning up the mess baby food gets everywhere try to get him mashed potatoes he want to put his hands in it throw it on the floor so yes for me it's a lot it's a big adjustment and you can hear probably the frustration in my voice when i say it but in the long run it's all rewarding um but it, it sometimes it is overwhelming and like how i'm trying to do my podcast like praying to god that he stays asleep long enough while i do this um and, and even my fear of him being getting sick um because it's cold season right now and he he's getting over cold right now um just like it's just a lot you guys it's a lot and i'm learning a lot and some days i'd be frustrated as hell with him um and then he'll smile and and it's all gone i'm no longer frustrated um and some days i'm really really tired when i get from work sometimes i'm tired but um i find that little bit of energy so i can sit on the ground and play with him or sing to him um or sit down and try to watch tv with him um some days is a lot but i've learned that it's all worth it because um i guess for me uh having a kid even though this was not what i planned um it was a part of it was a part of i guess the bigger plan for who i am right now and who i'm going to be um is allowing me to be more flexible is allowing me to be learn to be okay without with um i guess learning to be okay with not being okay um is teaching me how to ask for help which i hate asking for fucking help um is allowing me to be more vulnerable so um yeah so yes it's hard but it is um it's teaching me a lot now granted my son is only six months um when he becomes more active and knocking shit down which he's already starting to knock stuff off the couch but he can't really move too much um, when he becomes active and starts knocking shit down, um, and he starts talking, come back to me and tell me to replay this because um, at that point, I'm probably going to tell you this shit ain't so rewarding. Or when he is um, a teenager and trying to talk back, please have me replay this so I could I can remember how rewarding it felt when his ass could barely move and speak. <laughs> but yeah, um, so anyways you guys have a great day once again thank you for tuning into the mental block with shelby um you guys i now have an instagram so you can follow me at mental block and that is block with two c's and no k um feel free to reach out to me via dm i do ask that you guys if you don't like what i've said 
that you let me know, but do it in a way that it can be informative and that we both can grow from the conversation. Um, lastly, like I always say, I encourage you to reach out to a mental health professional within your area. If you do not have one, feel free to text the word HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. Thank you guys and have a great day.